I'm Zach Weiss, and you're listening to Across the Cavs on the Basketball Podcast Network. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. It is 6.09 on February 9th. We are precise on this podcast, always have been, always will be. And for some of of today's listeners, you think holidays at the in-laws are hectic. Try keeping up with every trade happening during the NBA trade deadline, because 2023 was no stranger to making all of us antsy, eager, and pull out any of the hair that we may have left on our head. I'm not sure how full the head of hair is on every listener's head. For me, I didn't lose any strands because the Cavs didn't do anything. So this won't be a stressful discussion today. We do have Noah Nightingale joining. We'll bring him on in a couple of minutes. At the start, what I always love to do is see which players get traded back to teams they played for in the past. And we had a bunch of those. A few have been waived and will not play again with their new team. But let's quickly run through that. Spencer Dinwoody back to Brooklyn. Dwayne Dedman back to the Spurs. He's been waived. D'Lo, the snitch turned all-star, turned warrior, turns Timberwolves again. A Laker, TJ Warren back on the Suns. Jakob Pertle played one year with the Raptors. He was in the Kawhi trade. Now he's back. George Hill is a pacer again. Probably the least exciting addition of any of the new players. Bruno Fernando returns to the Hawks, who took him in the first round several drafts ago. Eric Gordon is again a Clipper. Remember when Eric Gordon was a Clipper, scoring 25 a night for a long stretch as a rookie? He was in the Chris Paul trade that sent him to New Orleans. That's how long he's been in the league. John Wall is a rocket, but don't tell John Wall that. He won't be happy. And Warriors bring back Gary Payton II. What also happened this week, just a few short nights ago, LeBron Raymond James became the NBA's all-time leading scorer. And I tweeted that I would have a few words about that. Quickly now, and we do have Sean Pebbles coming on tomorrow, your Cavaliers PA announcer. We're going to go more in-depth then. But what I'll say is this. If you don't know where I stand in the GOAT conversation now, I will not say it again because I don't need to restart having to back any opinions. But I will say this. The reason I became a fan of the Cavaliers is because of LeBron James. What I thought he was going to be in this league as a seven-year-old going into second grade was a superstar. Okay, I didn't know my Cavs history yet. Not like I, I do now and since I started the pod and learned pretty much everything that's ever happened within the organization. I was just a young basketball fan, easily influenced by star players, as everybody is. My NBA jersey collection started with Jerry Stackhouse on the Pistons. Might not be called a star for those those days, but boy, I believe he was. Watching him break the record is just crazy to me. That means I've been a fan now since of the Cavs since 2003. I grew up in New Jersey. I was a big Nets fan. We even had season tickets. I was very easily swayed by LeBron James. I watched him play in person in his third year, his fourth year, his fifth year, his sixth year. And then his return to Cleveland, I went twice. It's a joy to see him in person. Watch him on TV going for history. People can say what they want. I have plenty of negative words I could say about this man. As a person, though, he's incredible. As a man, he is a tremendous role model. As a father, he's what a lot of people strive to be. And as an athlete... Few take care of their bodies better. Yes, it's been hard to keep him on the court. He's 38 years old, running around with 22-year-olds for 48 minutes. He needs days off. He's the one person I'll give passes to and not rant about why he shouldn't be sitting out as he is tonight against the Bucs in a game that did get moved to national television. Probably wouldn't be sitting had he not broken the record yet. But he did, and in that moment, you just think, wow, it's happened. This is the first regular season game I've been as excited. I was more excited for this regular season game than any game since watching Kobe's final game. It's just something about star players in their big moments, whether it's their last one or one of many, and you just love what you see. Would have been great if it happened in Cleveland or a game featuring the Cavs, but that man came, that man saw, that man conquered. He got his 36th point in the third quarter. I don't care that they lost. In most cases, you should be mad about a loss, okay? And that's for Lakers fans to discuss. I'm not one. Watch him do it in the third quarter in a game where his team couldn't get any stops. He was keeping him in it with his ability to score. And just, wow. It was a special moment. It's one I'm not going to forget. Although I can unfortunately truthfully say that my live stream froze as he went up for the shot. 
So I didn't actually know until 15 seconds after that he made the jump shot. I did. I had to wait and see the replay on the broadcast. Yikes. I know one of the worst technical gl- times for a technical glitch. But watching that game start to finish, Lakers have their work cut out for them. It did bring in a new team, which we're here to discuss as part of today's pod. Congratulations, LeBron. You did most of your work in Cleveland. You still played well into your late 30s. You're going to get to play with your sons somewhere, someday, whatever team it might be. Someone might just reach for Bronny so they can get you too. Who knows? Congratulations. You're the best player in Cavs history. No one even compares. We're hoping that Donovan Mitchell can, can be a worthy number two, five or six years down the line. You won us a title. You, you missed the all-star game, but one time you got us to five finals, a team that had never had continuous playoff success. Something would always get in the way and keep us from the promised land. You did it. Now you passed Kareem, whether you like him or not, or he likes you does not matter. He handed you the ball. You smiled, you shook hands, and now you're the king of history. Now we move on to trades. The first trade does involve the Lakers. This was made on January 23rd. The Lakers send Kendrick Nunn, excuse me, Lakers receive Kendrick Nunn, and the Lakers send Kendrick Nunn in three second round picks to the Los Angeles Lakers in exchange for Rui Hachimura. Hard to say what exactly his role will be. He'll be one of the top scorers for the team. He has a good mid-range shot, and he brings some good experience from the Wizards days. He did play a few more games with Russell Westbrook and Thomas Bryant, who he shared the floor with in D.C. They're gone. He remains, and that's that. And for the second trade, we will bring Noah Nightingale in. Noah, the trade was Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dimwitty, and two first-round picks to Brooklyn. For Markeith Morris and a certain Kyrie Irving. I know you're a Duke fan. I'm a Cavs fan. You're a Celtics fan. You've known Kyrie a long time. What do you think about this for the Dallas Mavericks? Well, first of all, it is a pleasure to be back on with you. I always love doing podcasts with you and talking about ball. So I am so, so happy to be back here. So thank you for having me for inviting me back on. But number two. This trade was a very, very interesting trade. It was pretty much the first big splash leading up to the trade deadline. And I think my first reaction reading this trade was, wow, you know, this really wasn't a lot of return for a skilled player like Kyrie Irving. And then, you know, took a few minutes, reread it, read some things online, and then came up with the decision that, you know what, this was probably a great trade for both teams. Starting off with Brooklyn, they got rid of Kyrie Irving. I know he's a fantastic player, super skilled, one of the most skilled players I've ever seen step on an NBA court. But at the end of the day, the guy is an enigma. You don't really know what's going on with him. He is so hard to predict. So I think teams are really starting to understand that now after seeing what happened with him in Boston and now in Brooklyn. Then you sort of have to realize that, hey, as great as and talented as he is, You know, is he risking potentially the team's chemistry, the builds? So, yeah, I thought for what Brooklyn got, I thought it was a really great return. Spencer Dinwiddie is a fantastic player. Dorian Finney-Smith is a very solid role player. You get three draft picks, including a first-round draft pick. Like, that is perfect for Brooklyn. For the Mavs' perspective, I thought this was also a great trade for them. They got their co-star for Luka. They clearly needed another player beside Luka who can handle the ball and score for himself. So that's a great trade. The one thing I'm looking at now is looking down for the rest of the year, what the rest of the season is going to look like for Dallas. What are the playoffs going to look like for Dallas? And I think Luka and Kyrie are going to work. Some people don't believe that. I think it's going to work, especially when you have a guy like Christian Wood on their team who's also a very good player. That's a really solid big three. The one thing I'm wondering is what is the rest of the Mavs team going to look like? Specifically guys like Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock, Josh Green. Are those guys enough for Matt Dallas to potentially contend for a title? Now, for guys like Tim Hardaway and Reggie Bullock, great, great shooters that are having slightly down years. You know, Tim Hardaway has been playing a lot better as a late, I'm pretty sure, last game. Uh, I think it was Kyrie's debut. Reggie Bullock actually had a really, really good game. I think he hurt, hit his first, like, five threes or something like that. Yeah, the first quarter. 
Yeah, it was it was crazy. But overall, like they they've been a bit disappointing. Same as a guy like Davis Bertans. I think, you know, for me, like this trade was a great trade, but I just don't know if it changes Dallas's outlook in terms of are they a contending champion or not? And again, Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving are a fantastic duo. But I just wonder if this is still good enough, given the rest of their team to compete with the likes of Denver, the Clippers and Memphis and the other teams in the West. I mean, the West is completely wide open, as we all know. So I, I totally backswing for the fences with Dallas did. And, and again, Dallas didn't really give up a whole lot. So that's why I do really like to trade for them. I'm just I don't know if it's changed a lot for their championship aspirations. But if I had to, uh, to, to, to debate between, you know, whether this was a good trade for Dallas or Brooklyn, I'd say it's pretty split down down the middle. I think Dallas got exactly what they were looking for, and Brooklyn got a really good return for for Kyrie Irving. Yeah, you know, well said. There, there's a lot to unpack with this trade, and it adds the intrigue that has been the Dallas Mavericks point guard room this season. They had Faku Campazzo for a little while. They had Kemba <laughs> Walker for a bit. They got Frank Nittalakina here. And now they bring on Kyrie Irving to the mix, joining talented young guard Jaden Hardy, who should continue to get more run as we go further into the season. Just a great, great bunch of names. His old net Theo Pinson is here. But yeah, this is, it's an odd one because, well, you're putting a ball-dominant guy next to Luka, but the important thing for the Mavericks is that you do bring in a guy with a lot of experience that's won a title, that's been in the playoffs often. Hasn't made a conference finals on while playing since leaving Cleveland, which is very surprising. Couldn't do it in Brooklyn. It's one year in Boston is when Paul Pierce said a little too soon the series was over. But you do give Luca the chance to not have to play 43 minutes in the playoffs, hopefully, because Luca plays the whole first and sits the second. What you could now do is put, sit Luca for maybe two or three minutes in the first quarter. And then play Kyrie in those minutes, give Luca a five or six minute rest instead of a three or four, which will make a massive difference in the scheme of things. I think they're also banking heavily on Maxi Kleba being healthy. That, that mm-hmm. hamstring should be healing up soon. So he should get back into regular minutes. I don't know what the lineup's going to look like. Reggie Bullock is a little too small for my liking to be a small ball four. I don't, so is Josh Green. I don't know what they want to do with their lineup. So I'm going to leave that to Jason Kidd, who always makes some quote unquote, interesting lineup <laughs> choices, but Kyrie had 24, four and five with a block and a steal nine of 17, five turnovers in his debut knocked in four threes. And they beat a Clippers team that will not look the same the next time they see them, but we will see on the Brooklyn side, Spencer Dinwiddie's home. That's pretty cool. And Dorian Finney-Smith, a great defender. I just wonder how, and we'll talk about this in the next trade for them. I don't know what the rotation is supposed to look like or who sits, but let's see if uh, Jacques Vaughn does what Mark Dagenault does and plays 12 guys every night, because that might be the only way to make everybody happy the rest of the way on a team that's still the four seat. Next two trades, very uneventful. They were the only two trades on Tuesday, none on Monday. Dwayne Dedman and a second round pick for space. He may look for the buyout market. They got nothing. Dwayne Dedman has been waived, as I mentioned at the outset. Kings get Kessler Edwards. Nets get tax relief and a roster spot. I probably had to do that in order to make some of the moves today. Kessler Edwards is going to spend time in the G League. Cool Kessler Edwards nugget. I play pickup ball every now and then with a guy that walked on to, to the team Kessler Edwards played for at Pepperdine during his senior season. So he played. That's sick. Yeah, it's cool. That's Small so world. cool. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> shout name? out. Robbie Skeed. Towards ACL, okay. never got to play. Oh. But cool story. Shout out. Put Wyckoff NJ on the map, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, of course, yesterday there were two trades. The first one, we're going to go out of order here. This happened after. The Knicks get Josh Hart. I think that's a great pickup. Jalen Brunson was certainly happy about it before his jersey retirement ceremony. That's two Nova guards reuniting. Josh Hart was the most underrated part of the Anthony Davis-Pelicans-Lakers swap. Brandon Ingram turned out to be great. We know that. Lonzo Ball, who knows, AD, did win the Lakers a title, but he has been a shell of his former self. 
Pelicans, Josh Hart went insane. Blazers, Josh Hart. Last year was awesome. Blazers, Josh Hart. This year left a bit to be desired, but he sh- I have to, I'd have to guess he slots in for Grimes in the starting lineup. He has no reason to come off the bench. They give up Cam Reddish, who now see- gets minutes for Portland. Svi Mahailu, who was routed to another team we'll talk about later. A protected first-round pick and Ryan Archidiakono. If the pick does not convey, it's lottery protected. So this is to say if the Knicks make the playoffs, the Blazers get four second-rounders. If the Knicks miss the playoffs, they give their pick to Portland. And, of course, the one that we need to discuss, the Utah Jazz, get a first-round pick, essentially. Russell Westbrook gets bought out. I don't know what's going to happen with Toscano Anderson and Damian Jones. The Wolves get Mike Conley and kill Alexander Walker and picks. Lakers get Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and D'Angelo Russell. The key, and Noah, I'll throw it to you in a second. Best thing for Minnesota, to get a real point guard who can not no knock on D'Lo. But they get a pass-first point guard who's got a steady offensive game and has been around some great teams in the past. Utah clears space for Abaji, Markinen, Sexton, and Kessler to play more. And the Lakers add the shooter they needed in Beasley, the versatile big man defender in Vanderbilt, and a point guard that can catch and shoot in D'Lo. Yeah, let's give a round of applause for Rob Plinka, man. Like, honestly, uh, this is a guy who's been getting dragged on social media for quite a few years and, you know, maybe rightfully so for his past moves. But I thought he killed it today, specifically with this move. And, Zach, we, we spoke about this earlier, but this trade right here fulfilled two glaring, glaring needs that the Lakers had. And that was shooting and defensive versatility. And they got... All both they got both those things in this one trade right here. Like like you said, Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, two great shooters, and then Jared Vanderbilt is one of the more versatile defenders in the league. And given what they gave up for those three guys, it like really wow. Like Rob Palenka absolutely killed this, and it's a bit shocking because I know Danny Ainge now. Now keep in mind, Danny Ainge always reaches for the stars, but I'm pretty sure Danny Ainge did make it pretty clear before the deadline that Vanderbilt, Beasley, and Conley were like. E- each worse, the first uh, a first round pick by itself. So the fact how they he essentially gave up all three of those guys and in return only got one first round pick. I mean, I guess he tried selling high and failed. But hey, you know what? For the Lakers, they got what they needed. They filled the two needs, and I thought it was a great trade for Utah. They got their pick. Obviously, like you said, Westbrook is going to get bought out. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes. And then for Minnesota, receiving Mike Conley, again, I, I totally agree with your point. He's a true point guard. He's going to help their team a lot more. He's also just a veteran. I just feel like that was a team that was really lacking that type of leadership. So I think Mike Conley is going to fit really well into uh, Minnesota. I just don't really know what their plan is. And maybe they're just kind of like all over the place because they've realized are in year one that this Rudy Gobert trade that is not turning out the way they expected it to be. So I'm really confused what the plan is for Minnesota. But if you want to talk about right now, sure. I think uh, Mike Conley fits a whole lot better on their roster than D'Angelo Russell does. Yeah, the Minnesota, the Minnesota Timber Woes is what we might <laughs> that's what we might call them sorry about the l and the v they're just kind of just getting lost in translation but yeah i do like the conley edition but didn't neglect to mention he's kind of old what is he 37 he's been in the league since yeah. 2007 is when mm-hmm. the Grizzlies uh, took him yes he yeah that's when he, yep yep 2007 yeah. i'm pretty yeah. sure so right. he, he reunites with rudy a lot of funny reunions with the lakers there was that poster it's like bev and deal are back together they didn't mention that Dilo played with Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt, though. So that was that was a weird post, actually. Whoever, whatever outlet, I think it was Sports Center. Kind of weird to exclude those two guys, but include Pat Bev because they think they'll get a quote tweet out of him. Nonetheless, a lot of weird reunions going on around the league, but we have a lot more to talk about, and we will after a word from DraftKings. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place the same game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back. You know how I'm always thinking. Gotta look at the Cavs. We've got the Pistons and Pelicans coming up over the next couple of days. So I'm always going to be looking. Cavs money line. 
going to go under because of the impressive defense they've been playing this season. And I'll always go for Darius Garland assists. He's done a fantastic job facilitating this season. It's easy money. You know, I know. We all know. Easy money. So download the app now and sign up with code TDPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, folks, welcome back. Zach Weiss joined by Noah Nightingale. And the next trade was a wild one. I woke up to a text at 1.20 this morning saying, Kevin Durant, what does that mean? Sounds like the Illuminati is trying to tell me something. The Nets and the Suns shaking hands in the middle of the night. We're just peacefully turning in our sleep, wondering, will the plot of our dreams be solved before we wake up? While the Nets bring in Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first-round picks and a 2028 pick swap, while they send TJ Warren back to warm Arizona with a certain Kevin star of the movie Thunderstruck, which he will not acknowledge, Durant. And now... My initial opinion, Noah, is the Suns got a top five player in the league. That's fantastic. On the downside, they traded all of their relevant wings. Crowder was never going to suit up for them, but they trade all NBA defense, Mikael Bridges. They trade 15 plus points a game, Cam Johnson. They trade four years of first round picks, which I believe will be lottery picks or picks in the teens by the time they're done coming in. For a guy who's missed six weeks this year, he missed half of last season, half of the year before, all of the season prior, and a guy that just missed three years. Now, Kevin Durant is all is an all-world player. If he heard me saying that, I know he talked trash to me respectfully. I probably deserve it. But we can we can be scared of his health because that's a big thing. If he goes down, it's Tory Craig and Jock Landale in the front court. That's literally it. I know the buyout market's going to happen. I expect they'll try and be players for a Reggie Jackson or a Will Barton, but that that's not going to win them much. Or maybe if the Nets get rid of one of their many wings or guards, TJ Warren is TJ Warren. Who knows what that is right now? And then the Nets now have wing depth that would make Buffalo Wild and Red Bull very jealous. <laughs> nice one. Thank you. What do you think? Well, I mean – I'll start it off the same way I started off with the uh, Kyrie trade, talking about Brooklyn and their return. This is just an unbelievable return for Kevin Durant. Now, I think we all sort of knew and had a feeling that if KD wasn't going to get traded at the deadline, he was very likely going to leave in the offseason. So given all that that we know, they get four first-rounders, unprotected first-round picks, another pick swap, and then you've got Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges. I, I mean, I'm telling you right now, there are very few wings in the league that make me smile as much as Bridges does. He is just an absolutely phenomenal basketball player. And I, I cannot believe that they that Brooklyn got all of this. Again, Kevin Durant, we all know about Kevin Durant. I don't need to sit here and explain how good he is. You said it pretty well. He's a top five player. That's that's it. Age 34, it does not matter. He's Kevin Durant. But this return is something crazy. And Brooklyn is set up so nicely for the future. Even, even if they don't want to keep Bridges, even if they end up moving Bridges for more picks, like they have so many opportunities to now build this team from now until the future. And uh, if you're a Brooklyn fan, sure, the prize or the thought of having James Harding, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant on your team for many years and winning championship after championship. I, I know that did not go well for you guys, but at least you have this to look forward to. Cause I think Brooklyn's in a really good position. And when it comes to the Phoenix perspective, I think you said it pretty well. Like, yeah, the Suns finally got their co-star with Booker. We know Kevin Durant's been wanting to go to Phoenix. We know Phoenix has been wanting to get Kevin Durant. So there's not going to be any situation of questioning whether Katie's going to stay with Phoenix. He's obviously going to sign an extension with them. But I do have the same questions as you. Can they stay healthy? Kevin Durant's already missed an extended period of time this year. Devin Booker has missed an extended period of time. We know Chris Paul is very questionable when it comes to his health, especially coming down uh, close to the playoffs. You know, can they stay healthy? And then when you look at their bench, 
their bench isn't terrible, right? Like, I think Damian Lee is one of the most accurate three-point shooters in the league. Torrey Craig, he can shoot. He can get rebounds. Well, he'll Cameron be starting, Payne. though. Sorry, Torrey Craig. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tor- that- Torrey Craig. I saw some people post, like, TJ Warren will be starting, which I think is ridiculous. I think they're just, like, more focused on the name than, like, actually, like, they can get, like, for real. But you're right. Torrey Craig will be starting. You have guys like Campaign, TJ Warren. They just traded for Darius Baisley. Um, I forgot about him. Okay, that's my mistake. Yeah. Yes, but he's a, he's a but very look, good get for them. Like, it's not terrible, but you're right that if one of those guys goes down, whether it's KD, whether it's Book, whether it's CP3, like, they're going to be in big trouble. And they're going to be pretty thin, which is why I think the most important thing for Phoenix now is the buyout market. What are they going to do in the buyout market? There are some decent names that they can add that would make their bench look a little bit better. They're obviously finals contenders, especially when you can keep this team healthy. Like they're obviously, obviously one of the top teams in the West. But you just got to hope that everything works well. Everything's got to all kind of come together. They all got to stay healthy and hopefully they get enough in the buyout market that, you know, they could be working with something. Even if, you know, potentially one of their top guys gets injured, they can still be somewhat dangerous. But overall, like, I still think this is a great trade for both teams, but Phoenix is playing with fire. And I do like your prediction that those first round picks that Brooklyn got are going to be lottery picks. Cause I think a lot of people are reading this and they're like, oh, Phoenix is going to be so good forever. They're going to be late around late first round picks. It's going to be whatever. No, I, I totally agree with you. Phoenix, I don't know how big their window is, but I, I assume that a opinion. lot. Yeah, agreed. I, I I assume most of those picks, if not all, are going to be lottery picks. Maybe not the 2023 one, but starting 2025, they're they're going to be Brooklyn's going to be in a situation where they're going to have some pretty nice picks. But hey, like we said, you know the NBA is completely wide open, spe- specifically the Western Conference. I'm all for swinging for the fences. I just find it funny now that one of the bigger rivalries in the NBA, which is Phoenix and 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 uh, Dallas. Now Phoenix has Kevin Durant, Dallas has Kyrie Irving. They're still buddies, I'm sure. I don't know, maybe not. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, yeah, but overall, it's a good trade for both teams. Just for Phoenix's sake, just hope those guys stay healthy, or else you may be in a bit of trouble. Yes, indeed, there will be no Suns in four this year. That guy is—he's uh, not going to be seen. <laughs> he's not going to be seen for a minute or two. They are still yeah. a very good team, but they remind me a lot of what the Lakers could be. If they weren't hurt, if you see a healthy Durant, Paul, and Booker on the court at the same time, you might be looking at what could have been a fully healthy Lakers team with LeBron, AD, and whoever else you want to add as that third name, whether it's Russ or somebody else, where they could have been great, but they were all missing time at one point or another, and it took away from the opportunity to be very good. I see a Mm -hmm. similar possibility coming for the Suns if they don't stay healthy. I hope they do. I do want to see this play out. And I think Kevin Durant going to Phoenix will make him less of a villain than that time he went to the Warriors. So we'll see what happens. It's crazy how many all-stars are missing the game and how many have also been moved since, well, since Sunday. And then a couple smaller moves. The Raptors mentioned this in the beginning. They bring back Jakob Pertl. He's been fantastic for the Spurs for several years. They haven't really been in a playoff series in a few seasons. So it's gone unnoticed, but they did make the plane a few times. He was averaging a double-double. He's been a very good passer. He can protect the rim. And he's added a floater to his game. They could do hack a purdle easily and take them out of any contest. But I don't, I don't know how much Nick Nurse likes him. If he's, does he like him more than Chris Boucher and his shoe or is it going to become a timeshare? Because they gave up a protected first and two future seconds along with Ken Birch, who wasn't playing. If you're only giving up picks and not other players, he's not really replacing a rotation guy. So I do question because Nick Nurse loves his starters as it is. And he's been a big Achua guy. Can you find minutes for Achua, Pirtle, and Boucher while also having Siakam on your roster? I also believe this will lead to a Thad Young buyout. There's no way he's going to play again regularly with all these other guys. And I think Hernan Gomez is ahead of him on the depth chart. So they really don't have a reason to hold on to Thad Young. He could help a lot of teams like the Suns mm-hmm. provide depth mm-hmm. and veteran leadership. He is the only guy with averaging 13, 5, 2, 1, shooting 43% from the field and 32.9 from three, whatever that crazy graphic was from his Pacers days. But he is still a good player. Not a great one, just a good one. His career numbers are impressive, and he does still belong as a rotation piece somewhere. 
Nick Nurse is a madman, so I would not expect or be I would not be shocked if he just like has like a five man lineup of guys who are like six nine, six ten. I'm pretty sure he's already done that this year. So yeah. I would not be shocked if okay. he like put like Siakam at the two. He he's the type <laughs> of he's again, he the guy's a madman. I'm cool with that. Bull Bull played the two in preseason, I think. And then he started at the three for a bit this year, whatever position. I don't know how you align a Bomba, Carter, Boncaro, Bull lineup, who's <laughs> playing where. But nonetheless, so I'll give you a quick, quick way. And it, it was a small trade, Noah, but the Thunder bring in Justin Jackson, who I don't expect to play much here in two seconds. You, y'all got Boston Celtics, Mike Muscala. I think that's a great pickup. He shoots threes. He's a decent defender from the numbers and he's been around a long time in this league i think he played with lebron's lakers for a little while too and the yeah, Beasley I trade. Think, I, I think he was on the lakers for a bit but yeah it was a good it was a great trade for boston um it was a typical brad stevens move where you know he would make a move that had no leaks no rumors no nothing uh but i think a lot of celtics fans did notice that brad stevens and uh, mike zarin were at the OKC game really recently. So people thought Mike Muscala does seem very Celtics-like. And, you know, the Celtics needed some center depth just, you know, just in case something happens to Horford or Robert Williams. He's a great player. Uh, he puts he put up some really solid numbers with his on and off court uh, split stats in OKC were kind of crazy what he was doing this year. So, you know, he'll battle with Luke Cornett for that third, uh, third center position spot. But, uh, yeah, it was a very uh, low-key, but uh, could be a very beneficial move for Boston. Yeah, and we'll talk about the Thunder again shortly. They brought in another new name. But, yeah, always interesting to see what OKC gets up to. And if you watch them play, they're actually solid. If you only watch the box score, you're like, what the heck are they doing over the course of the game? But you watch the actual game, and they're a solid team, as we got to see when they went and they took down the Lakers on LeBron's night, which is going to be remembered as a top five night in NBA history. Some might Mm -hmm. already be calling it top one. I'll call it top five because of how many unbelievable moments have happened. But – and it's probably – since and i might be missing something obvious but since the return of fans post covid this is probably the biggest thing that's happened by far definitely top one over the last couple of years but this next trade is one that's interesting it's the first of many that would involve not one not two not three not four but five second round picks the nets get five second round picks the pacers get jordan wara Old pal, George Hill. Yay. Very quiet. Quiet fans on that one. Uh, and Sergi Baca, who would have been their number five center had he been kept. And they get two second-round picks. They wave bye-bye after three and a half seasons to fan favorite Golga Bitadze, who did have some very good games over the course of his Pacer career. A 15-14 and 14 performance off the bench early this season while Miles Turner was out, and he was still the number two center. But the Bucks. Get the guy. He hasn't played in a while. This is very similar to the Heat bringing in Iguodala a few years ago. Noah J. Crowder is now a member of the Milwaukee Bucks. Will he be starting or coming off the bench? That's a good question. I think he'll probably start off the bench and maybe make his way. I I think starting off the bench makes sense just because he's pretty much sat out for the full year. So he's a bit rusty. I'm sure he's been working out and training and all that, but He'll probably start off the bench, but yeah, it was a great trade for Milwaukee. Listen, I love Jay Crowder. I'm not a Milwaukee fan. I'm a Boston fan. So, you know, obviously that explains itself, but it's a really good trade for, for Milwaukee. Uh, they did not give up a whole lot to get a pretty big need. It's uh, another three and D player that they could have off the bench or start. I think he's a pretty big up- upgrade from like a Grayson Allen. Um so yeah, like this is this is going to be perfect, and you know you have like Joe Ingles starting to get into it now. Chris Middleton, hopefully, for Bucks fans' sake, hopefully will you know start becoming more comfortable, play more consistently, and and sort of get back to that Chris Middleton that we saw from a few years ago. But overall, Milwaukee did not give up a whole lot to get a pretty big piece. I just question, you know, Jay Crowder last year, it was sort of a down year for him. He didn't really shoot the ball that well. And then you also factor in the fact that he sat out for all this year. You know, how effective is he going to be is a question. But he's a guy who could defend. He can shoot. You know, those are the things that Milwaukee needs, especially in the Eastern Conference when you have pretty much nobody on the wing. 
uh, and this is in my opinion at least, but nobody on the wing in Milwaukee that can consistently guard a Jason Tatum or a Jalen Brown. Like I think Jay Crowder is going to be a big help for that. And obviously when I say on the wing, that totally excludes Giannis because he can guard anyone. I was yes. talking more so of a Grayson, a Pat Connaughton, Joe Ingles type of thing. Uh, so adding Jay, I, it, it's it's a big addition and, and he's made some big plays. He's been on some really good teams. He's went to the finals in Miami. Then following year, he went to the finals with, with uh, Phoenix. So he's got that experience. He's been to the conference finals a few times with the Celtics. So he's an experienced player. He's going to help them a lot and uh, fulfill their needs. Yeah, the Bucks now have among their possible non-starters. Well, Chris Middleton doesn't count. He's just coming off the bench until his minute restriction is up. They got Pat Connaughton. Javon Carter, Bobby Portis, Joe Ingles, and now Jay Crowder to a lineup of Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Grayson Allen, Giannis, and DPOI candidate Brooke Lopez. And if you want to look even further, they got the vet, Wes Matthews. They have a guy who's going to get minutes in the next year or two, and Marjon Bochamp, who has had good moments. This this is a really solid ball club. The Ingles acquisition really paying off. I just had to wait for him to get healthy. It was a fantastic ad. I knew it at the time, too. Mm-hmm. So that Eastern Conference series, when the Bucks play the Celtics, whatever round it's in, no one better spoil that. Whatever round that's <laughs> in, it's going to be fun. We'll see what Crowder's ultimate role is. Probably won't be as big as that of what P.J. Tucker played following the DiVincenzo injury a few postseasons ago, but we will see. Indeed, I almost forget he was even on the Bucks in the first place, DiVincenzo, but he does remain with the Warriors. He was rumored to possibly be moved. Some smaller moves now to go through. The Nuggets and Lakers. Thomas, I want more playing time now. Bryant, well, you're not going to get it in Denver, buddy. He goes there for uh, Devon Reed and three second round picks. What is it with the Lakers? Well, actually, I know exactly what it is with the Lakers. I'm going to make a second round pick joke, but they traded three to get Hachimura and they get him right back. So Mm -hmm. essentially, they trade none for Hachimura straight up. Bryant for Reed straight up. Picks not included because they get what they gave up. I like the Davon Reed addition. He doesn't need to play to make an impact. He really worked his way into the NBA. Took him a bit. And he's going to push the Lakers guards in practice. Might see some time because not everyone's always healthy all the time. LeBron's going to have his rest days. AD won't play every game. And for the Nuggets, Thomas Bryant can challenge Zeke Nagy and DeAndre Jordan. Laker legend for the backup center role. The joke is, oh, DeAndre Jordan must be a heck of a friend to still be on a roster. He's not that bad. Just keep him out of the pick and roll and you'll be fine. He can still block shots. He can still dunk over anybody as he gets older and older. I still think he's a very good rebounder, and I think he can facilitate from the foul line just fine for a short stretch. Jokic can give you 35 to 40 minutes in a game that matters. And in those other minutes, if you're fully healthy, you should be fine with Michael Porter Jr. and or Jamal Murray on the court in those moments. So I think Ish Smith gives you a nice mid-range scoring guard. I think they're going to miss bone silence. They might regret this one. We're going to talk about that trade in a little bit. But Thomas Bryant does give you another big. I think minutes won't come easy on this team on coming off the bench. So respect. And now we got the Blazers, Hornets, and Sixers three-team trade. Blazers get Matisse Thibel, Thibel, excuse me, who should be coming off the bench there. He and Cam Reddish should help change the culture a little bit with Jeremy Grant into a team that wants to play a little defense. If they want to be crazy, start Thibel for Simons. Sit Simons the first five minutes of each half, play him the rest of the game. He's probably making too much money to even think about that. Start Thibel. Thibel. I've been saying his name that many times the rest of the year, as good as this acquisition is for them. So won't, won't fret that pronunciation too much. But I do like that for them. Kind of reminds me of the Harkless Aminu front court with additions like Reddish and Thibault. There we go. Sixers getting Jalen McDaniels. No, this is not the Timberwolves McDaniels. Yes, I thought it was for a second when the trade happened. Jalen's probably a little worse at everything than Jaden, his brother. But he can shoot the three. He's a long wing, and he gives the Sixers the guy they've needed. Perhaps he can join the starting lineup, and they can finally push P.J. Tucker to the bench. Can they do that with Anthony Melton, too? I know I'm a Cavs fan. I don't like the Sixers, but Tyrese Maxey coming off the bench is a joke. I don't care what their record is in that stretch. There's some things you just don't need to do, and him coming off the bench just doesn't need to happen. Please move Anthony Melton to the bench. 
sometimes logic doesn't really process in doc's head he's uh yeah. he's trying to always experiment and do stuff but um yeah i don't get it either i really don't get it either but it was a good it was a good acquisition for for oh. philly McDaniels is huge. P.J. Tucker's too old to be doing what he is. He clearly aged over the last two years. The Heat valued him too high. The Sixers gave him three years. Well, I guess Paul Pierce also signed a multi-year deal and retired after year one. Jason Kidd signed a three-year deal with the Knicks before retiring after year one. So it can happen. And the Hornets getting Svi Mahailu in this trade routed from Portland and from the other trade in two seconds. Not much to it for them. It'll be cool to see Svi play and not just the only time Svee got any attention this year is showing off his significant other at that Knicks gala where everyone had comments because of their girlfriends slash wives. That's the only – many people probably didn't even know he was on the Knicks this year. You and I track every transaction like it's life or death, so we knew, but a lot of people did mm-hmm. not. Although I, I will miss Archie Diacono on the Knicks just, just because Tibbs really pushed to have him there but never wanted to give him any playing time no matter who was out. So, yeah, the Nuggets and Clippers doing business. Nuggets get two seconds. Clippers get a Nashawn Bones Highland. He's only in his second year. It's very good season ago. Jamal Murray was out, so Bones had to play a larger role. He had some great moments this season. He was the center of one of the better memes, kind of like Jordan Poole, where he's just on the ground looking straight at the camera like, eh, you're probably wondering how I got here. Well, we know you got traded from Denver to L.A. What are you wondering about? be a good fit we'll talk about him towards the end you're going to do the whole clipper get in one so the clippers add bones highland for two picks the thunder and the suns i totally forgot this trade happened despite it being in my document very clearly thunder get dario in a second they got three second round picks today for only having to trade mascala and a bench darius baisley no he's not injured he was just benched changes number to 55 this year from seven he'll play on the suns Dario had a 16-13 game just a week ago. He still got some game. He missed last year with the ACL tear, suffered in the previous postseason. I think he'll get minutes on the Thunder, and I think he has a chance to really reclaim his career right now. I think for Baisley, get an athletic wing who Paul can throw lobs to, and they're going to rely heavily on. Warriors get five second-round picks from the Hawks. They trade James Wiseman to the Pistons, and Sadiq Bey is a Hawk. Not only... Noah, did the Pistons have 2018 second overall pick Marvin Bagley? They have 2019 second overall pick James Wiseman. Who do you think has a bigger impact the rest of the season? Should they both be healthy for the majority of it? Well, I kind of wanted to speak on this trade because I I cannot believe what Detroit is doing. I, it, it just it makes no sense. It, it really does not make any sense. I'm sorry. First of all, I, I, I read a report right before we went live that uh, Pistons plan on starting James Wiseman. Oh, boy. Uh, I, yeah, I, I just don't – like, they just spent a first-round pick on Jalen Duren, who looks really good, who looks really, really good, and there's a lot of promise. Mm-hmm. And they already have so much depth and youth at the front court position. And then they give up Sadiq Bey, who I'm a huge fan of, by the way. They give yeah. up Sadiq Bey – and they bring in James Wiseman. I so apparently uh, one of the top guys in Detroit. He had James Wiseman number one on his list. He really, really wanted Wiseman. So I guess he pushed for it. But I, I again, I, I don't understand what Detroit is doing. I really, really don't. I think it's a good trade for for Atlanta. Sadiq Bay is a really solid player. You have off the bench another great shooter. I think the Warriors, I, they saved a ton of money and they added this draft capital, which they used on another trade, which I'm sure you'll bring up later. Yep. But yeah, I, I, I cannot understand why Detroit did this. I, I haven't seen James Wiseman play in a while, so I'm sort of excited to see him start and see what he looks like now. Uh, but overall, the total outlook for why the Pistons did this trade still absolutely boggles my mind. And I don't think I'll ever understand it. So I'll just leave it at that. Yep. Next year, they're going to have Jaden Ivy, Cade Cunningham, and Killian Hayes on the roster. And all three are worthy of big minutes. They're not all going to get them. And they're going to own it. one of the top picks. They still have Alec Burke, so I'd have to expect a buyout. With how well he's played, I can't believe they couldn't parlay that into a draft pick. Or some player. They did move Kevin Knox. Hey. <laughs> uh cool i did see the pistons beat the nets at barclays a few weeks ago and i have to say it was a fantastic game sadiq was going crazy down the stretch with his threes 
My, my only, my biggest wonder here is when he gets to Atlanta, will he keep the green streak in his hair? Or is that just like a Detroit thing? Do you think he's going to keep it? No. Do you think he's going to change I, the style no. and like add, like do the Dennis Schroeder and maybe change the placement of it? The Celtics fans had this theory because Sadiq Bey always killed the Celtics that he had that like green thing in his hair. And it was like for like, I guess like a shout out to the Celtics. Like I own you. Obviously that's not the case. I just kind of wanted to mention that, but no, I, I assume you'll probably take it off. Like you can't really wear any green when you're playing for a red team. So yeah. Hawks uh, haven't worn green in what the seventies. And then they brought them back yeah. once. I do have my freshman year of college on my birthday. Went online, ordered that blue-green Hawks tee. Got a rip in the armpit area. I still have the shirt, but I can only really wear it to ball now at yeah. this point. That's cool, though. That's, that, that's vintage. That's really vintage. Big Vin. You know my shirt, Clay. I have a Delvadova Kings jersey now as well. I was worried he might I, be in that Kessler Edwards trade for a minute. I'm very happy he was not. I would not expect anything less from you. No, good. I wore it to hoop last week, guys, and I shot about 34.5% from downtown. So, I'm... I'm a natural when I'm wearing that jersey. Now I've got all four. I've got a few more trades to get to. And at the end of the read-through of these trades, we are going to dissect the Clippers and then wrap up. So the Hawks get Garrison Matthews and Bruno Fernando. Fernando was the first-round pick of theirs the same year they took Kevin Herter. Fernando was actually showing some good things in Houston. He was the starting center when the year began over Shane Good. Everyone's like, what the heck? He wasn't playing much, but I, I respect the call if you wanted to start games tougher. And Garrison Matthews called by his faithful as Gary Bird. Uh, he can shoot. I don't know if he's going to play much because they also have Bogdan and now Sadiq and DeAndre and Collins. So I don't know. I, that's right. And A.J. Griffin. That makes it even harder. So we'll, we'll see. I, I, I think they expect to lose Bogdan this summer, which is why they bring in an additional guy. But Matthews should be on the court at least a little. He's a better – he's a – 3x version of Matt Ryan. I think he's he's worthy of minutes. And they give up Frank the Tank, Kaminsky, and Justin Holiday. My only sad thing here is the Holiday brothers are now apart again. This is the first time in a while that none of them are teammates. Mm-hmm. And Frank Kaminsky goes to Houston. Maybe he'll do the Kelly Olynyk thing where he goes from a better situation to a worse, and he takes over, parlays it into a contract. Olynyk turns his Houston tenure into thirty-nine million dollars. So let's see what Frank Kaminsky can do. Clippers get Eric Gordon and three seconds. The Rockets get John Wall. I know he's their biggest fan. And Danny Green. Poor Danny Green worked his tail off just to get traded to the Houston Rockets, who are going to have Scoot or Victor next season, which is pretty sweet, unfortunately. Danny Green, they have to, have to suffer for their sins. And the Grizzlies get Luke Kennard. I'll, I'll let you speak. Uh, hold, hold on, not yet. Just tell me this, Noah because I do want to talk about the Clippers gets all at once. Will Luke Kennard fit well with the Grizzlies? I'm excited ah, personally. I don't know. I, I I hope so. I think the idea of it could work out. I just think there's a lot of players in his position that also deserve some playing time on the Grizzlies, where I just don't know how many opportunities Luke Kennard's going to get. Like He's a great shooter. I, I think he's going to fit with their team well. Uh, he's a very easy player to plug into pretty much any roster, but I just think that position specifically for Memphis, like they got a lot of mouths to feed. So I just don't know how much playing time Luke Kennard's going to get, but Hey, if he's on the court, like, trust me, he's, he's going to kill it. He he's one of the best shooters in the league. So I we'll see what happens, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm very interested too. I don't know. Just, I, I really don't know how much playing time he's going to get. That's the issue. Fair enough. We will see. Now, I wish I could bring Sheck West as a guest on this podcast to announce this next one, but <laughs> did, don't have, didn't have the resources to get him in time. The Matrick get Patrick Beverly and Noah. The Lakers get Mo Bamba. Mohamed Bamba is going to the Lakers. Pat Bev is probably getting waived. I do believe they brought in two second round picks, which is not in my notes, but they did. Lakers get Mo Bamba. I don't know if he's being overhyped, underhyped. He's this. He's a guy that can shoot threes. He's a guy that can block shots. He's not going to get you many rebounds. He will get beat on defense often. But if it's just a a matter of being there to block a shot, he will do it. He started last season next to Wendell Carter Jr. He played some good ball. I didn't watch them as much as I've watched this year, where obviously he hasn't played much. I love watching the Magic. Probably my favorite team in the league. Favorite non-star team to watch is with ball movement, rotations, energy. 
and consistency. Every game for them feels like a movie. The game against the Knicks beginning of the week before LeBron's game was insane. Uh, it's too bad Pat Bev won't stick around. I know he wouldn't play, but I think he'd be a great mentor for so many good young guys. They're probably also going to move on from T. Ross and R.J. Hampton in some way. They, they should. Both guys deserve to be in a situation where they can play. Hampton's too young to be considered a vet. Helping Terrence Ross has literally been in Orlando since LeBron was still in Miami. I'm pretty sure those dates would align because he was in that weird Serge Ibaka trade. However, the heck long ago it was that Serge Ibaka was on the Magic and then got traded to the Raptors for Terrence Ross. So, yeah. Anyway, not too much to unpack with that. Spurs get Devontae Graham in four seconds. On the realm of that, Graham's play had worsened. I don't know why he played ahead of Alvarado in the playoffs, even as Alvarado outshined him. He'd always come in the game first. Until game six of the first, I'm not sure if you paid attention to the rotations. Alvarado did not see a first quarter minute until game six. They'd go Graham, and then Alvarado would play the whole second. Or part of the second? You played part of the second and the entire fourth. The weirdest 17-minute combo you could possibly come up with. But nonetheless, Pelicans get your old friend, Josh Richardson. He turned into Derek White, who's fit well. Now he gets the Spurs a bunch of picks. If you haven't watched any Spurs, I don't blame you if you haven't. I watched them more early in the season. Richardson can still shoot. He had some starts at point guard. I believe he has a 10 assist game to his name this season. I do believe he also entered the NBA as a point guard with the Heat. He transitioned to a 2-3. And I like his fit on the Pelicans. They just have had injuries all over. The next time Ingram or McCollum has to miss a game, just plug in Josh Richardson. He's one of those few NBA guys, not a few, but I feel like there's not that many that can fill in at several positions when someone's out. Two more moves, and then we'll go to the Clippers. Hornets get Reggie Jackson, who gets waived, bought out, whatever it is. And a second, Clippers get Mason Plumley, another Dukey. Call it the Noah Nightingale deadline. Every trade has a Duke player. <laughs> what do you think about his? What do you think about his free throws? Oh my God! I, I, I first of all, I think the one bad thing uh, about him leaving Charlotte, and you're gonna have to. Uh, Correct me with the uh, Charlotte's uh, announcer's name. I forget his name again. Eric Collins. Yes, I mean Eric Collins' reaction every time Mason Plumley took a jump shot, it was absolutely hysterical. <laughs> so that's one thing I'm gonna miss a lot. Yeah, he's Eric Collins has his moments. He's an Ohio native. He has his moments. You know, I I, I like him as an individual, as a as a person, as an announcer. The screaming guys. Mm. Yes, I feel I, I love Kevin Harlan. I feel the same way about Gus Johnson as I do about Eric Collins. I know that's an unpopular opinion. I'm not the only one with it, but I know I'm in the minority on that. I just, I, and you know, I announce a lot of games and I like getting excited, but there comes a time where the call the announcer makes doesn't always have to be what you remember about the game. And certain people don't agree with that sentiment, at least in their head in that moment. So uh, that's that's my take but it, it it can be wrong it's okay if it's wrong but it's my take you know um and the last trade of the day the five picks from the earlier trade go from the warriors to portland and gary payton the second comes home so two two questions for you Noah. then we'll wrap up thoughts on the gary payton re-edition in golden state and the clippers overall haul of eric gordon three picks bones highland and mason Plumley. yeah the gary payton trade was a good deal for golden state they took an asset that they acquired earlier in the day and they got back their guy who they desperately wanted to keep really really badly last year but couldn't because they understood gary payton after what his performance was all throughout the season and the playoffs and the finals that, you know, he was expected to have a pay raise. One little confusing thing I sort of saw here with this trade was, you know, the Warriors gave up uh, or trade away James Wiseman and retained a, a ton of salary. And then they trade for Gary Payton. And, you know, I still think they're saving some money, but it's just like not nearly as much money as they were going to save if they didn't trade for Gary Payton. So I guess that doesn't really matter for Golden State, but hey, they got their guy. They love their culture. They love him. So, you know, it's an interesting trade. But for the Clippers, uh, the Clippers, I, I think they were probably one of the biggest winners of the deadline. Uh, the way, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, the way I'm breaking this down, it basically seems like they upgraded from John Wall and Luke Kennard to Bones Highland and 
why am I blanking out right now? Bones and Eric Gordon. Is that correct? Yes, Eric Gordon. Yeah, that's that's pretty unbelievable, especially given the fact of what they gave up in return. Like, like it like that is an upgrade. I think Bones Highland is an upgrade to John Wall. I think Eric Gordon is definitely an upgrade to Luke Kennard. So I think those are two very, very good moves. And then to top it all off, this Clippers team pretty much only had like two actual true big men, right? They really didn't have that many guys backing up Zubac where, you know, I think they were playing a bit of Moses Brown. And then if not, they were playing a lot of small ball of like Robert Covington or Nicholas Batum. So now getting Mason Plumley for Reggie Jackson, who, yeah, I think is a decent loss because, you know, now you question how many ball handlers the Clippers truly have, but having a guy like Mason Plumley back up for their team, it, it's really, really good. And I, I, I think given what they got compared to what they gave up, like they essentially upgraded pretty much every single spot that they went ahead and, and dealt with today. They upgraded their guards. I think, like I said, Bones Island and Eric Gordon's a massive upgrade to John Wall and, and Luke Kennard, and then just adding Mason Plumley on their team. And then you talk about the health with uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George looking like they're back. And then obviously the Clippers are always going to be involved in the buyout. Like this is a team that is starting to really come together. And when you want to talk about how open the West is and who's going to come out of the West, I think the Clippers are slowly, slowly becoming that team, at least for me, that I'm going to start leaning on and to say, you know what? I think I see it. I think I finally see it happening. Obviously, it's health dependent, as always, with the Clippers. But I thought their moves today were great. And I I, I don't think they're done. Like, I, I truly think they're going to add, whether it is Russell Westbrook or someone else in the buyout uh, when – when they when they eventually come i think uh the clippers are gonna look like a pretty damn good team so i'm excited for them yeah you know very well said my uh preseason finals pick was bucks clippers mm. preseason now I, <laughs> dallas and dallas and phoenix are gonna whisper in my ears ah, you have to change your pick. but <laughs> I, I i don't really know am i the thing i'm most happy about all the grizzlies got with everything going on around them, was Luke Kennard. That's it. Obviously, for what happened in last Thursday, I'm still not over it. Mm -hmm. uh, with the Dylan Brooks and trying to take Mitchell out, you know, among other things. They talk a big game. They got destroyed by us. We've been on a big, on a big losing skid. They did just beat the Bulls. Oh, we beat the Bulls. And obviously, <laughs> you know, you, you've known me a long time. As we've both gotten older... It's gone from having fandoms and who you like, who you hate to respecting a game versus not and really describing your feelings instead of just flat out saying, I dislike somebody. So it's genuine. I literally really just don't have the full full respect for the Grizzlies right now with, with what's been going on, with, with how they play and with, with some of their antics. And they inspired the next generation to kind of treat the game like it doesn't matter as much and to showboat more it's okay to showboat when it comes to time you got to respect the people you're playing against as individuals and to a point i don't i don't think they do that but let's see what happens in the playoffs i had no beef with them last season i enjoyed the come up with john morant and i still think he's an elite elite guard but as long as they got dylan brooks on that team well, i think is actually just as bad if not worse than some of the things we've seen grace and allen do uh, then I hope they lose every playoff series they're in just for the sake. Cause obviously it's the Cavs podcast. We didn't have much Cavs today cause they didn't make any moves, but you root for a team in every series you watch. And I hear the same as me. We watch every single playoff series that second April and that second Saturday of April every year is the best day of the year after trade deadline day. We got four games. You find out will an upset happen today? What's going down? And I truly hope that whoever faces Memphis, sorry, it can't be the Celtics, uh, <laughs> gets that game one win and then wins three in a row just so that they can understand that they really haven't earned the right to talk in the league yet. They're not there a yet. Nice, a nice little humbling they deserve. Absolutely. It could be a little one, but nonetheless, uh, Noah, a pleasure as always to have you back talking trades. And I'm sure we'll butt heads next time. There's just nothing to disagree on today. We, we both yeah. see it from the same lens. Listen, I'll uh, I'll see you in the second round when it's uh, Cavs Celtics second round matchup. We'll we'll definitely have things to discuss and butt heads about. But until then, uh, 
it seems like we're on the same page and uh but honestly no once again i'm i'm so happy and so thankful you invited me on i love doing this with you and uh it was a great episode it's a big day big day uh, and uh i'm happy we were able to talk about it and cover it you heard noah it was a great episode can i back that statement i don't know can i you have to listen <laughs> to the entire thing and then come to that conclusion <laughs> He's Noah Nightingale. I'm Zach Weiss. You don't have to wait long, folks. The next pod is tomorrow at noon. Sean Pebbles, the Cavs PA announcer, will join. We'll break down LeBron breaking the record, Cavs' recent success, and upcoming schedule ahead of All-Star Weekend. So we will see you mañana.